The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Of, of opinions and, and concerns. 
express to themselves that cause a lot of anxiety, a lot of confusion, and even a lot of debate. Almost, almost you know, even to the point where we've seen people rioting in the street. Now, suddenly we're seeing a huge division within society, aren't we? A huge division like we've not seen for many, many years. People are genuinely concerned today about things like what they consider to be government overreach. You know, this limiting of personal freedoms and, and even thinking it's a possible abuse of power. Now, particularly now with such an emphasis on, uh, on vaccinations that are seen by many as the magic bullet to get life back to normal, people are asking, you know, does the government have the right to force people to get vaccinated? Are vaccines really safe? And what about people who refuse? who for whatever reason have a legitimate or conscientious reason not to be vaccinated. Are those who refuse being unreasonable? Are they being a threat or a, a danger to society? Now, the list of these sorts of things, these questions in people's minds is growing each and every day. Coupled with all of this is the growing impact of, of lockdown and restrictions. Businesses going bankrupt, job losses increasing mental health issues, growing suicide rates, drug use, domestic violence, stress on our health system. We've seen people lose loved ones to this disease. And for the Christian, along with all of these, there have also been the, the theological implications for us to consider. You know, just the religious freedoms and the impact of lockdowns and restrictions on, on face-to-face gathering of God's people from week to week. We've also had to consider the ethical, you know, things around vaccines and, and, and vaccine, proposed vaccine passports. People have been asking, is there a particular point where, you know, we need to start disobeying the government and its restrictions? And, and, and if so, what is that point? And are all these things are, 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 are pointed to the imminent return of Christ. We've seen questions around, you know, one world government and mark of the beast and all these sorts of things that are sort of starting to become more prevalent in Christian conversation. Christians and Christian leaders are expressing opinions and they're taking stands that are oftentimes in stark contrast, in stark contrast to, to each other. starting to, to take up positions that are in direct opposition towards one another, fracturing churches and, and relationships and families. How are we to respond as followers of Jesus, as people who know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Okay, so I want to say up front this morning that many of these issues are incredibly complex. And I know that they can carry with them an awful lot of emotion. But the danger that we face today as the church, not just our church, but the church of Christ in our world, is that Satan can use this. He can use this time and these things as an opportunity to sow seeds of disunity, creating conflict and division, and thereby undermining our Christian witness and testimony and effectiveness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been working through a, a series entitled 
Jesus is Lord. And today, what I want to do is I want to bring that series to a, to a close as we as we explore what it means for Jesus to be Lord in a COVID-affected world. That's our title today. If you're taking notes, you might want to uh, think about that thing. Jesus is Lord in a COVID-affected world. Okay, so the first thing I want to, 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 to help us to consider this morning, the thing that we as believers in Jesus need to remember first and foremost is that Jesus being one with the Father and the Holy Spirit is in sovereign control over all things. That our God is in control. And that in the midst of, of all that is happening in our world today, that God is working out His purposes in all of creation. Even in the midst of a, of a world turned completely upside down by the effects of this global pandemic, we can be absolutely confident, and I mean that, we can be absolutely confident that God is using this for His ultimate glory and good in this world. And you know, that can be hard to grasp when we see such tragedy unfolding across the globe. But the Bible tells us that God's ways are much higher than our ways. But his understanding and wisdom, none of us can really truly fathom. And the thing that we can confidently rest assured in is, in terms of God's management, if you like, of this world and all that is happening, is that all, in all that he does, God is unchangeable in his character. That God's character never changes, that he is perfect and just and righteous in all that he does. Look at Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. I'll put it up on the screen there for you this morning. It says, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does, speaking of God, he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? In other words, we before a holy and righteous an all-powerful and almighty God, the one who created all things, we have no right to stand in judgment over him and his ways. And yet, we can trust him because his character is timeless. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4 says, The rock, speaking of God as the one who is immovable, immovable and dependable. The rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness without iniquity. In other words, without crookedness or deceit or, 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 or wrong of any kind. Just and upright is he. That is who God is in his character and he is unchanging in that character. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 24 says, But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. When God works, he works in perfect steadfast love, Justice and righteousness in all the earth. God is dependable. 
God is dependable. And you can trust Him. And you can trust Him with every aspect of your life. You can trust Him in every circumstance, in every situation that you face in your life. You can trust Him knowing that He always acts according to His good character. As we live in a world where the things that we have come to put our hope and our trust and our confidence in are, are, are very quickly being undermined from, from, from right out under our feet, aren't they? We need something. We need someone who is constant, who is absolutely trustworthy. Therefore, a prisoner for the Lord urge you 
to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your soul. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But in God calling us to be His follower, He brings us together through His family. And He unites us together with families that are unbreakable. You know, we are going to have differing views. We are going to have differing opinions on government approaches to the pandemic. We're going to see differing views on vaccines, especially when it comes to making them mandatory for some sections of the community. We're going to have differing views on what this pandemic means for God's timeline, for Christ's returns, and all of those with that. And some people are going to hold those views more strongly than others. And some are going to be more vocal about it than others. To the maturing disciple of Jesus Christ, to the one who takes Jesus' lordship seriously, there is a, a greater governing principle that we must heed in terms of the unity of God's people. And that is the fact that we are one in Christ. That is our foundation, folks. That's where we begin from. Not from any other place, but we begin from there that we are one in Christ. Amen? Amen. One of the examples we see in Scripture is found in the passage I read with earlier in Romans 14. And we see there, you know, an example of how God's people are to conduct themselves when they disagree about a, a matter where conflicting opinions are taken, where conflicting positions are taken. And the underlying principle in this particular passage in Romans 14 is that believers are not to stand in judgment over one another. Particularly over matters that do not undermine the essential and core doctrines of our faith. And Paul identifies in this passage two groups those who seek to honour God by abstaining from certain foods and observing special days, and those who also believe they're honouring God through eating any food and, and, and not observing special days, but giving thanks to God for every day. For what one person believes that he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind, for the one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord, but the one, and the one who eats eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord as well and gives thanks to God. Folks, we are we see here that we are not to stand in judgment over one another. The issue here is that, that both groups 
are seeking to honor God. In the way that they live, in, you know, in, in the way that they conduct themselves, you know, in the things that they eat, in the days they absorb, and things like that. But Paul reminds them here that God welcomes both. But not on the basis of their work. Not on the basis of whether they abstain from foods or they eat foods or whether they observe, observe special days or they don't observe special days. No, God accepts them and welcomes them on the basis of Christ's perfect work of redemption through his resurrection. Look at verse 6. Look at verse Desire in their hearts to honor and worship God through the way they live their life. And folks, in our COVID world today, there are Christians who are taking positions who themselves are, are doing so in a way in which they are trying to honor God and Jesus as Lord in the midst of that. And we are not to stand in judgment over them. And we cannot presume to know a person's heart that God does. But instead, we are called to love one another and bear with one another, practicing grace and forgiveness, as Romans 13 8 points out to us today. You know, we find a particularly strong warning about this, about undermining the, the family of God through how we treat one another. In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 16 and 17, these are incredibly sobering words. For it says, do you not know that you, speaking collectively, as the you is true, speaking of the church of God, do you not know that you collectively are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, if anyone seeks to undermine that unity, undermine that togetherness in Jesus Christ, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Have you read that passage before? Well, it's just moral, isn't it? Folks, we're called to respect the decisions of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and not to sit in judgment on them. We're not to hold them in contempt or think that they're foolish, to think they're ill-informed, to think they're misguided or things like that. But the one thing I heard before that is this, when we come to these particular positions and opinions that we take, these stands on that we take in our lives, can we please make sure that we are doing so under the guidance and lordship of Jesus according to his word? Not just because it's so good called human wisdom and wisdom and just like we're driving by the Can we make sure that we are taking these stands? Carefully before God, and according to the way in which the Spirit of God leads us into His Word. That's got to be our first priority, hasn't it? Hasn't it? When it comes to those who govern over us, which is a bit matter of having a lot of consternation at the moment. When it comes to those who govern over us, the Bible speaks clearly on this matter as well. It says, 
is a natural technique for the lazy of the Israel. If I think about it, it reminds me of Romans chapter 14 and verse 1. It says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. It's a very similar thing, particularly around now. Of course, uh, written in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, where the Apostle Peter writes, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Now these passages clearly state that those who govern over us have been placed there by God as a means of keeping civil order and protection for the good of all people. And some Christians will say that we as believers are to obey God rather than men, and they quote passages like, like Acts chapter 4, verses 18 to 20, and Acts chapter 5, verse 29. But if you go back and you read those passages in context, you'll find that when the disciples said this, that they were being physically threatened not to preach the gospel, not to preach Jesus Christ and salvation through him. The fact is, apparently, still, churches are generally not being treated any differently than the rest of society. And we're certainly not being threatened to stop practicing our faith. And so we need to weigh up very carefully any choice that we make in terms of resisting, you know, the, the, the current restrictions with God's free teaching that in doing so can be, can be viewed as resisting that which God has appointed. In a position paper put out by Queensland Baptist in August, it points out some of the directions to churches as a COVID government directive. It points out this. It says that this theology from both Paul and Peter comes in the context that the government of their day was the Roman power, the Roman government, and they were as corrupt and godless as at any time in history. Yet our responsibility as Christians to government is not to be mitigated by their failure to govern in accordance with biblical standards. In other words, if the government doesn't, you know, govern according to what the Bible says, that does not give us as Christians a basically a carte blanche to ignore anything they say. But you might ask, well, when is it all right for the Christian to resist government restrictions and practices? Well, that in itself certainly is a complex question, but certainly if the government sought to make it illegal for Christians to gather, or if they sought to make it illegal for anyone else who wanted to come to church to do so, if they wanted to make it illegal to practice our faith according to the Word of God, then that would definitely be grounds to consider resisting. But currently, that's not the case. Now, there are going to be many things that we'll disagree with the government about. In fact, with a number of authorities about. But in these instances, we are to seek the proper ground 
single God is the ice of the earth, the time is being spent. And it's just going to be a picture for the balance of the future. It's the ice of the earth, the time is being spent. But one of the more relevant issues pertaining to this right now is around vaccines. And for those supposed vaccine passports and the perceived coercion of conscience, if you like, in making them mandatory for some sectors of our society. And again, this is a veritable minefield in terms of ethics, safety, and personal freedom. In fact, what we need to do is we need to we need to develop incredibly cautious truth. And that's because I we need to be praying that God will indeed give us the wisdom we need to work through this in a way in which one of us do. If we do that, can I just also draw our attention to just not one of the biblical mandates that we need to have put before us as our guide in this. And that is this Christian, we need to come back, we need to keep coming back to the great command to love God. To love our neighbor. To love our neighbor will mean that we will be seeking their best above our own. We ought to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, who himself showed us what it is to love our neighbor in a perfect way. Philippians 2 speaks about the fact that Jesus demonstrated it here on this earth. When he was willing to set aside the glories of heaven to come to earth. In other words, to give up his personal rights and his personal comfort and glory, to come and to walk in our sins, to come to experience our suffering, to know what it is to be human in this world. Amidst all of the strife and the trial and the temptation, Jesus knew what it was like. And then he would lay down his life in order to rescue us from sin and death and to bring us into his eternal kingdom. In other words, Jesus was prepared to suffer at his own expense for our benefit. That's what it means, folks, to love our neighbor. And Christian makes clear that our love for neighbor is in fact a barometer of our love for God. First John chapter four verses seven to eight says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love." And First John chapter four and verse twenty says, "If anyone says I love God but yet hates his brother, well, he's a liar." For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So when it comes to navigating our way through all of the challenges we face in the light of the current circumstances, in our circumstances, the Bible is very clear. We are to love our neighbor. Because by this all men shall know that we, we are indeed Jesus' disciples by our love. For some, loving one's neighbor will mean getting vaccinated. And it will mean following government restrictions for the good of all. But most importantly, for our Christian brothers and sisters, it will mean loving them regardless of what position that they take. 
we need to, to not forget that there are those within our own community who cannot, for whatever reason, either ethically or medically, get vaccinated. We are called to love everyone with the love that Christ has for them. that we remain humble and gracious. None of us are infallible. None of our opinions are infallible. Only the Word of God is infallible. So we need to hold our opinions. Yes, we can take a stand, but we need to hold them in a way which means we're still ready to listen and hear and have our hearts changed if God desires to do that in us. We need to be trained that the Holy Spirit will be producing His Spirit within us, within each of us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That is the characteristic of a true follower of Jesus who submits to the Lordship of Christ. And can we please keep in mind that the brother and sister in Christ that we may disagree with, and sometimes very strongly, by the way, that that brother and sister in Christ is the same person to whom Christ died for in order to redeem them for himself. He still found a work done for the past of this But there's still a long way to go. And as vaccination rates rise and as restrictions ease and the country opens up its borders to, to other states and, and probably internationally in the not too distant future, we're going to be confronted with more and more challenges, more and more issues. And we need to pray fervently for the Lord's wisdom and guidance for His grace to be poured out into our lives each and every minute of every day. And we need to keep the main thing, the main thing. And you know what that is? Proclaiming the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And encouraging people to become the true disciples. That's our goal. that we can 
stand in different camps, and yet still come together and unite together and care for one another in the midst of that. So would you help us be those people really strongly? Would you help us to, to trust in you? And Lord, as we continue to even you know, formulate our own opinions of, around these things, Father, may we be, may we be guided by your word first and foremost. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.